Blog Talk Radio. All right, welcome to another edition of the CTH podcast. We talk Astros. Um, we may not talk at all the time, but I, I'm just kidding. We do talk at all the time. Quite often, quite often. Yeah. But anyway, you're listening to CTH podcast, part of the fan sided network, aka uh, Climbing Tows Hill. Uh, you may have read some of our stuff recently because we had a lot of people reading about JT Riomuto this weekend. And uh, so what do you think about that? Is there, is there a chance or are we going with them? Uh, what do you think about that? Is there a chance? I know we kind of talked about it on Talking Strohs, but what do you think about the opportunity? Oh, yeah. JT Riomuto is a very talented catcher. Uh, obviously one of the better ones in baseball the past uh, really two seasons. Uh, he's been uh, – he's posted uh, – two seasons consecutively about uh three and a half wins above replacement but uh i think he'd be a great addition to this club it's uh, the rumors though have you know kind of associated him with uh being traded uh being acquired for the price of kyle tucker which i know we uh, we disagree about on that aspect but uh jt really muto the possibility of adding him to this team is definitely intriguing and one worth exploring i think he could if the Astros acquire Real Muto, they would be uh, – uh, I just think a lot of teams in baseball would be like, all right, we give up. We throw our hands up. We, we surrender. We surrender white flag. Uh, not not really, but no, that's my dream. Uh, I disagree. I think the this would make the Astros line up so much better. And I know I don't want to lose um, Kyle Tucker any more than any of y'all. I think Kyle Tucker is probably the next it hitter. Um, he may, he could, I'm not saying he's going to be better than Jose Altuve because Jose Altuve is a different character of his own, but I think that, uh, that Kyle Tucker could be that good, but you don't get catchers like this every, that often. It's hard, it's hard to actually find a catcher that can offer what Riomoto can do. He can hit homers. He can steal bases. There's just so much this kid can do. And he's only 26. It's not like he's an old uh, Brian McCann type guy. Uh, he's somebody who the Astros can hold on to for a while, and um, maybe uh, they can work out as part of the trade. Maybe they can even sign him to an extension and uh, buy out some of our, his arbitration years because he is a proven commodity. Mm-hmm. Do I really, really want to give up Kyle Tucker? No. Would I do it to get him? I think so. Uh, the uh, discussion we had on Talking Strohs was, do we what, do the Astros wait now, or do they just go ahead and jump all in and do it here? So I'm not sure what the answer to that is. The only person that knows that answer is uh, Mr. Jeff Luno. Mm-hmm. He, he knows what the Astros' plan is. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, and, you know, the, JT Rumuto is a kind of player I think uh, uh, Jeff uh, Luno would really consider uh, – when you think about the value that he brings, if you sort, if you really sort by all the catchers that played last season, or at least 50 uh, plays appearances last season, uh, guess who's number three behind? Uh, yeah, Gary Sanchez and Buster Posey, JT Rilamuto. And he's clearly got a lot of upside. He's still young. Uh, just parting ways with Kyle Tucker. Uh, anytime I hear a rumor of him, I automatically kind of go into my show like, no, we must hang on to the prospects, all the prospects. But, yeah, I really 
I think he, I'm like, I, I agree with you on this aspect that I think he would be a tremendous asset to this uh, team, especially the lineup. He brings up uh, uh, some pop. He has, a, uh, he has 17 home runs last year. Uh, while he won't remind everybody like say a Gary Sanchez or even like a Wilson Contreras, uh, he is, he's clearly got some life in that bat. And between that and what he could uh, provide as a catcher on this team, it's definitely it's definitely a scenario where you, you at least explore it. You at least explore what it would take to get him, and and that's the thing about negotiations. They always start high, uh, but you just you, that's the reason you have negotiations. Maybe you can get him for lesser. I, I don't know. I just don't think the uh, as we talk about and talk to Strauss, I just don't think the Marlins are going to give him away. But I think they need to trade him because he knows he's not wanted. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not that he's not wanted, but. He knows they're trying to trade him. It's either uh, the Nationals or the Astros uh, mm-hmm. right now. So um, just kind of give you all some stats. And uh, this is what – this is uh, baseball references projections. Uh, so take them for what, you, what they're worth. But he's projected to bat 281 this season with 15 homers, 58 RBIs, 9 st- uh, steals, only strike out 99 times, and have OPS of 771. Um that's a little, I guess that's about where he's been. Yeah, that's a, that sounds about right. Uh, and he, uh, I'm looking over at the Fangraphs projections, and like for example, Steamer, which historically has been a bit on the conservative side, they still project Real Muto to be almost a three-win player. Uh, still have about uh, four, uh, 14, 15 home runs. You know, the the bat still carries over. Interestingly enough, I, I'm really curious to see how he uh, holds up this year because last year he, you know, he he's played in the past th- uh, three seasons he's played 126, 137, 141 games, and as we all know, catchers do not typically have a super long shelf life depending on how often they catch. And I have a feeling the Astros do acquire somebody like him to. He's still young. You still run him out there most games, but it is kind of curious to see how long a team can preserve his legs with, uh, you know, if you pair him with a Brian McCann, for instance, I think, right. there, I think there could be playing, uh, playing playing time for both of them. And uh, I'm just kind of curious to see how that goes. And if they really do, you know, make the hard push to acquire him. I, I still stick to my guns. I think that the, uh, I know Jeremy Booth came on talking strokes and he says, well, if you wait till later when you need a, a, a catcher, then the Marlins are going to, uh, make you pay more, and uh, there's there's a chance that he may not be there, like we said. But I don't know. I just wish there's a way to look in crystal ball and say, okay, what will Brian McCann hit this year? Mm-hmm. What will uh, Max Stassi offer? And uh, so, guys, we want to know your options. Uh, if you're listening, um, you can go and call in at three four seven eight five zero eight eight two three. Let me repeat that number: three four seven eight five zero. 8823 and you can call in right to the show um, and we'll go and put you on. It's just like a regular radio station. I'm, we're using Block Talk Radio, which is actually a cool little app and um, I kind of like it. Uh, I like what we're doing with Talking Strohs, but uh, I think this is more of a radio type atmosphere, cause you, especially with the call board. Mm-hmm. So um, there's zero callers out there, guys, so you can be one of the callers. Call in at 347 850 8823. 
So um, I'm not sure if you read my article about uh, Real Muto's situation. Uh, I don't know if you read Brian McTaggart's article, but he suggested that uh, Brian McCann is, of course, the starting catcher. Uh Uh, He suggested that Evan Gaddis will catch some games, but they will carry Max Stassi kind of as a backup, as a third catcher, Uh just in case something happens to Brian McCann and then Evan Gaddis can still be the DH. Uh I don't know about that. I mean, if you're going to have Stassi on the team, I think it would be as the backup catcher, not as a third catcher. And his bat doesn't really do much. I mean, I know it's a third catcher, but I just, especially if you're going to carry 13 pitchers, that just takes away a bench, uh, a bat off the bench. And, uh, maybe Stassi becomes this guy who wows us. Uh, we'll have to see the spring, but do you, I mean, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I like Stassi on this team. If he is the true backup catcher, that's all we got. But if he's going to be the third catcher, then that, that just kind of puts a different spin on it. I know it shouldn't. It's the same thing. Uh-huh. Uh, Stassi would be on the team either way. I just, I don't know. If you're going to make Stassi the backup catcher, make him backup catcher, and Evan Gaddis can catch once. But I, if you're going to have him catching, Gaddis catching like twice a week, then you're just wasting a a roster spot with Stassi. Yeah, I agree. Uh, having Max Stassi on the roster just kind of complicates things. If you're not going to commit full-time to Evan Gaddis as a designated hitter, now, I realize Gaz is such an interesting case as a catcher and designated hitter, mainly due to two reasons. For one, he's not a great defensive catcher. He, uh, Brian McCann was clearly the superior defensive player behind the plate. No offense to Gaz, but you know that's the truth of, of the situation. Secondly, Gaz is much better as a hitter when he catches than he does as a designated hitter. It's, it's, it's astounding to me. Take this, for example, pull up his splits as a catcher and as a DH, roughly the same number of play appearances, about 35 to 40 uh, uh, play appearance, or, I mean, a bat difference. And as a catcher, Evan Gasper's career has hit 271 with about 60 home runs. As a DH, he's hitting 236 with, 30, uh, with uh, 39 home runs. Evan Gass, and I'm not sure it has to do as a catcher, you're so much more involved in the game. As a DH, you got to step in cold. There may be times where you may not see the field for like 30 minutes to an hour. But as a catcher, you know you're kind of more into the game. You're more invested. And I'm not sure what the deal is there because there's some guys that perform much better as a DH than a position player. But that's the interesting thing about Gaddis is he's got such a polarizing split between – the two jobs essentially. And, you know, when you throw Max Stassi in, it really becomes a whole complication of like, well, how do we play these guys? But maybe that's why Brian McTaggart is saying that because a uh, guy's focus is better as a catcher. So if you're going to make him the backup catcher, then have Stassi on the team just in case. And mm-hmm. I just don't know how long that just in case will fly, especially Stassi is not, Exactly, and the Astros are a team that value roster flexibility. Look at the guys they have on this roster. Marlon Gonzalez can play all over the field, essentially. Uh, Alex Bregman could cover short and second base if he needed to. Uh, Yuli Gurriel can 
do first base and DH, uh, even third base. I think if uh, if the off chance ever happens, uh, you you also have a couple guys in the outfield who can cover. Like you don't got a guy that's exclusively left field, right field, center field. You got guys that can cover a lot of ground. This team desires and really prioritizes roster flexibility in-game decisions in case the situation arises. And, you know, that just kind of takes away from that uh, uh, from that uh, idea, really. And I'm not sure – I'm like you. I'm not sure how long that would fly. Uh, ideally, I would love for Max Stassi to come along and be a great backup catcher and give Evan Gass one last shot as kind of a full-time DH because uh, this is the last year of his – uh, contrast, uh, you know, he just went through his final round of arb- uh, uh, arbitration, and he'll be an unrestricted free agent next year. So, you... I, I think the playoffs open hit uh, the Astros' eyes with Gaz. They're like, "Oh crap, uh, he can actually hit if we give him a bat." And yeah. He didn't. He, I know he had an injury last year, and I, I know he was the backup catcher. And you can't put him as DH because if you have to bring him in. You'd lose to DH for the rest mm-hmm. game, and I know it's not a big, big deal, but um, that's why his at bats cutting. Uh, it was like, it was like two hundred at bat drop, right? Yeah, it was a pretty noticeable drop. Uh, the season before in sixteen, when uh, he kind of uh, came onto the scene a little bit for the Astros, he, in twenty sixteen he had thirty two home runs and about four hundred and ninety nine play appearances. This past season, he appeared. He had about 325 play appearances. It was roughly 175, 176 play appearance drop, and his home run total dropped to about 12. He only appeared in 84 games. You know, overall last season, he went from being about a two and a half win player to barely above replacement level when he was on the field. So it was just one of those things where Gaz was, he had, even though they won the World Series and they had great team success. As an individual, Gaddis had a rough 2017 between the injuries and then just the inconsistent playing time. And the back and forth were like whether he was going to catch. Or, and Astros did not give him much time as a DH last year. And I think I think in retrospect, they're probably realizing we should have gave him more time as a DH. But at the same time, too, like you can't really complain about this offense. The offense was just clicking most of the season. Like This was a historically great offense. And uh, it's just going to be very interesting. Outside of the left-handed relief situation, this may be the most interesting storyline about this uh, Astros team as we head into spring training later this week. Yeah, and uh, the offense could be historically good, especially if uh, McCann hits kind of like he's supposed to uh-huh. and Derek Fisher does what he's expected to do, which is probably bat 250. Um, I don't know if he's a like 300 hitter, but I think he'll, he could, his, I think his ceiling, unless he just really wilds us, I think his ceiling is about maybe 20 homers with maybe about 75 RBIs at max with probably good 20 steals, but he's got to get on base to get those steals. Exactly. If you hop over a fan grass, they have their steamer projections up, which FYI, they're a little bit on the conservative side. But uh, in terms of production... Yeah, Kyle Tucker, I think, is supposed to hit 18 homers. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, something like that. Projections are projections. that You take them always with a grain of salt. But, like, uh, the steamer projections over uh, house over at Fangraphs, they got Fisher hitting 10 home runs, stealing about nine bases. Actually, not too far off from your batting average uh, estimation of about 243, having about a... Uh, 315 Woba, uh, not quite being worth a win and uh, wins above replacement, but, you know, 
this is clearly a young guy with a uh, promise, but it is I I think it'd be foolish to kind of say, you know, Fisher's our left fielder without a doubt. You know, he's the guy we're rolling with. I think it's I think you have to let him get the shot and have a chance to prove himself. But at the same time too, I just think yeah, they're just going to have to kind of I think play by ear with him and there's just there this roster just does not have a lot of uncertainty, but the but the areas where there could be question marks, it's I, I, it, it's, it's I'm not going to lie, it's going to be interesting. A lot of times for championship caliber teams, that could mean the difference between you know you don't want those question marks. Yeah, that's why you may see them go after Carlos Gonzalez, especially if uh, he's still a free agent for too much longer. Because I, I'm not saying he will get desperate, but he could get desperate. And oh yeah, teams are going. To, uh, especially with the U Darvish uh, signing with the Cubs uh, this weekend too, uh, expect you know the dominoes are going to start falling soon. And uh, spring training starts for a lot of teams this week. The Astros pitchers and catchers report I think this uh, Wednesday I believe. Right. So it's uh, you're going to start seeing uh, some of these names come off the board now. Now that some of these dominoes are starting to fall, and uh, I, Carlos Gonzalez I still think it'd be be an interesting option for him and left. Uh, and he would have to accept the kind of Carlos Beltran role yeah. where he's not playing that much. I think he'll play more outfield than Beltran. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, they did bury Beltran's glove last year for a reason. So. Right. <laughs> but. so, guys, let us know what you think. Um, if you want to call in, go ahead and call in at 347-850-8823. This is the CTH Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Network, and we both write for Climbing Tows Hill. You may have seen our stuff on Bleacher Report. Um Fox Sports, mm. uh, where else? Uh, Sometimes Sports Illustrated. Yes. Uh, where else? Uh, there's like, oh, Apple News. I see it. Yeah, yeah. Apple News. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's random. Uh-huh. You can always, you know, every time, you, uh, once in a while, you type in Astros News on Google or something, our articles pull up uh, uh, quite well. So yeah. it's you can you can find us in a lot of places. You can also find us on Facebook, too, on Twitter. So. We're we're in a bunch of places. Yeah, we do have the CTH podcast. Uh, we do have a Twitter handle. I think it's just at CTH underscore podcast. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, uh, but we're, I don't know if we're going to do a Facebook page. We may eventually do it, but I've just got so many Facebook pages between KTXF and Talking Strows, and, uh, and so I, I'm not re- that eager to do a um, Facebook page right now. But we'll see. Oh yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So um, yeah. So. CTH podcast, we're just talking about what's going on right now. And one of the things that uh, is in the news right now, so to speak, is what do the Astros do with Colin McHugh? We talked about this on Talking Strohs, and I know this is creating a lot of uh, angst amongst fans. Some people are like, oh, yeah, we don't need him. Let's trade him. Let's get some uh, a prospect. Let's get a left-handed reliever. Let's get three of the Orioles' top Ten prospects, <laughs> and uh, I just don't know if Colin McHugh is worth that much. He's a good pitcher. He still has two years of control. Uh-huh. Uh, would do the the Astros aren't going to give him up unless they're blown away, because you don't hurt a contender. Uh, you don't hurt a strength of the contender. So I just don't. I know there's all these sources that say the Orioles and the Twins are looking at. Um, at McHugh and maybe even, I mean, I haven't heard about this, but I think the Brewers would be another good fit uh-huh. for McHugh because uh, he fits kind of what they're looking to do right now. 
But um, and maybe you can get one of those. But you're not gonna get Brett Phillips for just calling. No, Q. no, you're not. And that's the thing is, uh, there's gonna be some demand for Comic Q. Uh, like you, uh, like the rumors we've heard the last couple of days, he's kind of odd man out. But at the same time, too, the pitching depth. Let's just be honest. The the days of a five, even six man rotation, a game by 162 games in the postseason on that, are it's, it's pretty much over. Uh, the the implementation of a 10 day disabled list uh, has now allowed teams to be more liberal in their use of the DL. Uh, the Dodgers executed that quite well last year. They put multiple pitchers on there when they just needed a little rest or they maybe say, hey, my arm's aching. I need like a, a few days off. And I would not be shocked if more teams started adopting that approach. And when you do, when you have an approach like that, you need seven or eight starting pitchers on your staff who can go at any time. And Brad Peacock and Colin McHugh are two of those guys that can easily slide in the rotation and give you anywhere from four to six quality innings without burning up your bullpen and saying, hey, you know, we got the pitching depth. Let's not run Dallas Keuchel. Let's not run Lance McCullers. Let's not run Charlie Moore into the ground. Let's not run Justin Verlander into the ground. We have these guys that can step in and give these uh, other arms some rest. And I think I, I think there's an inherent value in that that the Astros, they're just not in a rush to get rid of. And like you said, it's a strength of a contending team. Pitching depth is key. And I just – Unless the Astros are blown away by the Orioles' uh, uh, possible uh, package, I just don't think uh, I just don't think that's the avenue the Astros should explore. But of course, if the Orioles came here and said, "Hey, we'll offer you so and so," and the Astros value him extremely high and highly, and say, "Yeah, we can do that. We can legitimately do that," and and say we can just kind of ho- uh, hope for the development of a few guys in the minors, like or a guy like a Francis Martez or some somebody like that, but. Right. But it's just going. It's going to be interesting. I, it may not be something we if they, I, unless the team just gets desperate. I just don't see it happening anytime soon. At least I hope not. All right, guys. Um, I wanted to see how this works because we need to get intro going. But uh, I, w- I want to just see what this sounds like when I do that the audio. So just don't talk for a second. And mm-hmm. look, this is my sponsor for Talking Strokes. So let's see what it sounds like. McCree Ford has been part of this community for over seventy years, and we have never been more proud to call this home. We appreciate all the support we have received from friends and customers. New and pre-owned inventories are arriving daily and no flooded vehicles will be sold. Ford is offering friends and family pricing to all who lost their vehicle due to Harvey. No payments for 120 days and 0% for 60 months on our hottest lineup. Together, we will rebuild our community. We are Texas Strong. McCree Ford, located on I-45 South, exit 19 in Dickinson, or shop McCreeFord.com. All right. Yeah. Sorry about that. I just wanted to kind of see what that's like because uh, I want to get a uh, intro for us. I want to eventually get it to where we can take some breaks and maybe get some commercials in. But um, uh, so I'm just playing with the system. I'm trying to learn it. But anyway, yeah, I agree with you. It's and the thing is, you're not going to be able to get Rio Muto. Um, I know we're talking about McHugh, but you're not going to be able to just trade for Rio Muto with the the guys we don't want. You're going to have to give up people that uh-huh. you want, uh, that you don't want to give up. And that's the same thing with the Orioles and twins. They may not think that, um, that they may not think that, what am I trying to say? They may not think that McHugh is worth the top prospects, but uh, in, in case he is, he's got two years control. He, he has won 19 games before in 2000, I want to say 15, 15. Yeah. Uh, so, he is a valuable asset, and I just—it's just 
the Astros aren't going to do it unless they get blown away. And I just, unless it helps the 2018 team, I'm not so sure they'll do it because I think it'll hurt. And like I told Brandon, I'm talking Strohs, I just think that McHugh is too valuable for the Astros for what he can do. And yes, he only did that role for one or two games in the playoffs, but he can be that, um, uh, the middle reliever, that long reliever who can, um, Maybe like you you talked earlier, the tandem kind of. We know Morton is maybe only good three times through the order. Mm-hmm. So have Morton pitch five innings and then have uh, McHugh come in with a different kind of repertoire and then uh, just kind of balance out. Because yes, I know uh, Morton throws the breaking ball, but he uh, he also had up to his fastball last year. I think it was what ninety six or uh, yeah, he averaged uh, his fastball played up to about ninety five, ninety six. Yeah. So uh, I think as a tandem thing, that could work. Um, maybe Brad Peacock could be in the same role. Uh, let's say we want to limit Lance McCullers' innings. Then you're going to have um, – you can have him follow uh, – Brad Peacock follow um, McCullers' starts. So, but the key thing is that we have three pitchers in our rotation who are workhorses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Garrett Cole didn't have a great season last year, but he wasn't terrible either. No, uh, Justin Verlander showed – I think he opened some eyes. I think the Astros thought he would be good, but I don't think people thought he would be this good. No, no. And Dallas Keuchel, a lot of people don't realize this. I know a lot of people are bashing on Dallas Keuchel and he can't stay healthy, but keep in mind, this is his walk year. He's going to want to pitch his, you know what, off. And Uh he's just going to, he's not going to like have any reasons for a team not to sign him for that six year deal that uh, similar to what you Darvish got. Yes, exactly. And that's exactly it. Is you just have to, they, you have the pitching depth there. The Astros, uh, you know, with the rotation set up now, there's no reason to really run these guys into the ground. There's really no reason. And like you said, the couple times through the order is being proven over and over again as of late that, hey, so-and-so, they're much better the first two times through the order than they are the third time. And, Dash was clearly see something there. That's what you saw in the postseason. They like, for example, I go back to Charlie Morton in uh, Game uh, Seven of the ALCS against the Yankees. Dash was probably could have pushed him to a sixth and seventh inning, but they realized like, hey, he's not uh, more tends to lose some of his effectiveness the more you go through an order, like uh, most pitchers do. So they made the wise decision and went to McCullers, and McCullers stuff kind of plays up in those short spurts. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see. Like, I just think their pitching depth is the main reason why the Astros were so successful last year. And you, uh, and you take that in combination with work, uh, the couple of workhorses they have that can go the innings. You know, really, to be honest, if they trade any of this pitching depth away this season, it's just going to be a detriment to them in trying to repeat, I think, all over again. Right. Unless uh, Rogelio uh, Armenteros is mm-hmm. just going to light up the spring and uh, just fight his way on the team because Tony Sip is not guaranteed anything. No. Anthony Ghost is not guaranteed anything. No. Uh, if he makes this roster, he's going to have to have earned it because you're not going to put a project and on a World Series roster no. and maybe he gets hurt or something and they could put him on the DL. And I think that's a weird rule that you can put him on the DL for the whole season, but you, yeah, that's just, 
yeah, I'm sorry, but if the guy's healthy. You just let him. Uh, you just let him pitch. And, right. Uh, I, that's the thing is this Astros team does not have many openings uh, outside maybe one relief role and you know backup catcher and and hopefully we can see what some of these guys have. But yeah, these younger pitchers like a Rogelio Armenteros or a, I, even I dare say like guys like Francis Martez and some of them they're going to have to. Pitcher Keister's yeah, we keep off. on forgetting about Martez. Yeah, Martez is kind of the forgotten. He's not even on the the plan for the start of yeah, the season. Yeah, so. it's like all the hype he had when he got called up uh, around the time Derek Fisher did kind of just went away, and everybody's like, oh, he's just in the bullpen. And let's think about this for a second. A lot of people want to say, if you're not starting in the, like in the rotation oh, and you're just in the bullpen, everybody's like, well, something's wrong with you as a pitcher then. Something's got to be wrong with you as a pitcher. Hey, Russ Romero back in the good old days. Royals want yeah, Shane it, Reynolds. Yes, like the good old days. Like uh, I know it's a weird comparison. It's completely outlandish. Yeah, it's completely outlandish when you think about it like this. But Nolan Ryan started the bullpen back with the Mets back in the day. You know, that's such an outlandish and outdated comparison. But it's kind of the same thought. It's like just because a guy debuts and hit the bullpen, or you know, he has a couple brief starts and they move into the bullpen, doesn't mean they don't think highly of him. Let's be. Martez is a young pitcher. Not all pitchers are going to come to the majors and just be successful right off the bat. It's going to take time. It's a process. He has to adjust. There's so many levels of adjustments that go into a pitcher at, uh, when they're first called up and over time as well. It's just, you know, it just takes time. Right. And that's going to be what's interesting is you have all these young arms coming up and there's definitely upside, but at the same time too, is also a little bit uh, too, too much optimistic to lean on them to, uh, too much. Like, you know, for example, Forrest Whitley. Yeah, it'd be great to see him come up and pitch out of his mind in majors, but at the same time, too, you got to be realistic about the expectations and what he can reasonably give. And that applies to a, a lot of them. You just have to be patient. Uh, one guy who's maybe knocking on the door, but I know, I think Tyler White's going to start the season with the Astros just mm-hmm. because of the Gurriel uh, suspension. Yes. But don't forget about J.D. Davis. He, no. he showed some pop. Um, he could be like a sneaky reliever out of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they're going to put him in any meaningful no, games. But no. He could kill a, a few innings at the end of the game. But uh, J.D. Davis has power, and uh-huh. he could possibly be the D.H. And I just... I don't see where there's going to be room for Mr. AJ Reed. Yeah, that's the thing is I'm not I'm like you I'm not sure what they do with AJ Reed going forward. I'm afraid his uh, peak value is probably already passed him by. But JD Davis, I like him quite a bit. I realize he kind of had a rough go of it at times when they called him up, but you know you also have to value that he, he does, did hit four homers. Yeah, and he he, he had a higher batting average than uh, John Singleton in his first season. Or did he? Oh yes, yes, he did, and and that's the, and that's the thing is J D Davis. I think is just he has the capability of providing that power in the lineup, and he I realize he had a rough go of it somewhat defensively at the hot corner, but you know just give the guy time, you know. Major League debut, hey, I'm sure all of us would have been nervous. Like, you know, just give them time. And at the same time, too, it's always nice to have that one position player on your roster that can come in and say, oh, we're losing 11-2 to two in a, uh, on a game on July 23rd. J.D. Davis. It's just going to be it's going to be one of those things where you're going to appreciate having, like, one of those guys. Like, I remember the Astros game back against the Yankees in Minute Maid earlier this, uh, last summer. And they were down quite a bit, and they're like, okay, Norioki, you're up. Come on, come on, come on, come on, bro. You, you got this. And uh, my favorite moment was when he got Aaron Judge to fly out. That was awesome. But, yeah, uh, 
it's, it's always nice to have that versatility on the roster. All right, uh, Larry, uh, the GM, he's uh, mostly a listener of Talking Strohs, but I think he's listening to us right now. But he said that we should trade McHugh for the Twins left-handed pitcher, um, uh, Gonsalves. It's not Gonzalez, it's Gonsalves. Yeah. uh, He's like the 78th overall top prospect, um, and he is the, I think I lost it. Um, Where is it? It's the Twins' ninth overall. Uh, let me find that. There it is. Uh, the ninth overall, no, ninth top uh, left-handed pitcher prospect and the number four Twins prospect. So, oh, yeah, here he is. Uh, Steven uh, Gonzalez. Gonzalez or something. Yeah. So let's see what we got here. Uh, per MLB Pipeline, uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's a left-handed uh, pitcher, 23 years old. Um, last season he got up to triple a, had a five fifty six ERA and only about five appearances, 22 innings. So you can't really take much, much stock into that just quite yet. But in double a, he, in 15, uh, games of, well, 15 starts and over 87 innings, he had a two sixty eight ERA with about 96, uh, strikeouts, 23 walks. And he held, uh, opposing batters to a two Oh seven batting average. So yeah, pretty solid. Uh, you know, that, that would be. Actually, that would be somebody on my radar, uh, but I, I think that'd probably be a little too. I, I'm not sure. Like, I like the thought, but I'm I'm kind of curious to see uh, if right. that could get done. I'll I'll raise you Tanner uh, Gonzalez Gonzalez <laughs> to easier name to say, which is Tanner Scott of the uh, Orioles. Uh, he did make his debut with the Ast- with the Orioles last year. Okay. Uh, he did get roughed up. It was only two games. He gave up. Um, a, he had a 10.80 ERA, but it's only 1.2 innings pitched. But uh, he had a dynamic uh, season in the minor leagues. He had um, 24 say. Uh, sorry. Oh, actually, he was a starter. I didn't know he was huh. a starter. But anyway, uh, he was a he had a 2.22 ERA in Double A. So he hasn't pitched in Triple A yet. Yeah. Uh, he had 87 strikeouts in 69 innings. But the thing about Scott is that he can throw, he can hit 100 miles per hour. Oh, that's so nice. he would be that good person out of the bullpen that the Astros can use. The, uh, if if you're going to give me a player like that for Colin McHugh, maybe somebody to replace uh, Tony Sip, maybe. I just, mm-hmm. I still don't know if that. I think that will hurt the team too much, but. Uh, I'm not the GM. Uh, Jeff Lunau is, and if he if if he thinks that'll work, that's fine. Uh, like somebody on Talking Strohs said that if you're going to trade McHugh, you need to get a bona fide left-handed um, reliever. Mm-hmm. And but then again, left-handed relievers are a diamond dozen. And like remember Oliver Perez a few mm-hmm. years ago, you just kind of wait till after the trade deadline and wait and just claim somebody. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like the same thing with Francisco Liriano. He had that one good yeah. out in the World Series, but but yeah, it's just like one of those things where you can get a quality or I'm not even saying quality, but you can get a serviceable left-hand reliever really at any point. Is you like to have. Everybody falls in love with the Andrew Miller type. The right. Andrew Miller types are like, you know, oh my gosh, Chris this guy's, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, I'm sorry, but you're not going to come across a guy like that every single time. Yeah. And you're just going to have to keep realistic expectations. I know a lot of people knocked Luno for that uh, deal, but I think that was the best deal he could have made at that time to get somebody who could be that left-handed reliever. And he was in the entire postseason, even though he didn't pitch that much. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't, 
A.J. Hinch had no confidence in him, and he had no confidence in Gregerson, but in the few uh, games Gregerson's pitched, he actually pitched really good. Uh-huh. And you only saw Colin McHugh a few times, so yeah. he kept on relying on the same guys, so you know that those same relievers were getting so uh, burned out, and that that's why you had uh, Lance McCullers being a reliever sometimes, uh-huh. and you had Charlie Morton, and so, but um, I just the only thing I dislike about that trade is that they had to give up T. Oscar Hernandez. Yeah, I, 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 miss, I miss him. He, and the thing about this, after the Blue Jays called him up and let him play some, he, he had he showed some like why he was held in such high regard. Is just Domingo Santana did the same thing. Yeah, straight away. So mm-hmm. sometimes maybe the Astros are not the best place for every prospect, mm-hmm. but uh, certain players will excel in this Astro system. Oh, yeah. Uh, just certain certain ones, the ones that take a long time, like A.J. Reed. I bet you if you would go to a different team, it will be a whole different ballgame. Exactly. And sometimes it's just about getting that playing time, you know, really not having those expectations of coming in and playing for a contender right away and just really acclimating yourself to the majors and to the opposing pitching staff, getting used to the lifestyle more and more. You know, sometimes a change of scenery can sometimes do wonders. And I'm not saying some of these guys necessarily need a change of scenery, but it's hard to craft this Astros team the way it's constructed right now. There's just so much talent over the roster. You mm-hmm. have, you just have to out, outperform what really people think you're capable of. And a lot of times that's that's an impossible task. Uh, and it's just, like I said, it's just really hard to crack this Astros roster right now. Something else we can consider from the Orioles, and um, it may be a big long shot, but uh, DJ Stewart, you might remember him from the 2015, uh, 2015 draft in the first round. Oh, yeah. He hasn't really performed like they thought he would, um, but he's still projected to maybe reach the majors in 2018. Uh-huh. If the Astros did trade, let's say, Kyle Tuck, not Tucker, um, Fisher, Mm-hmm. and maybe some other uh, outfield depth. Um, they can trade McHugh for D.J. Stewart, but I still don't know, think the Orioles would do that. But I just – there's too many ifs and buts right now. And in the, in the last uh, few minutes – let me see how long we got. We got about uh, six minutes left or so. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, – not tonight, just because I've, I've already done two hours of talking shows, yeah. but – Maybe we can start going hour shows, and we need yeah. need also discuss what we're gonna do during the regular season. Yeah, because we don't want to be broadcasting right when the Astros are playing. Uh, no, 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 no. So we might have to kind of be flexible during yeah. the regular season. Exactly. And, but um, anyway, so I know you wrote an article about the free agents and mm-hmm. like the quandary. I think. Is yeah, the, the quandary of the free agent market, and yeah, it's, that post was mainly just about uh, really just examining why the free agent market has been so slow this year and what the Astros role kind of was within it. It all traces back to the rebuild around the same time the Chicago Cubs instituted their rebuild is the Astros. They did a scorch earth policy, like, you know, approach and they rebuilt from the ground up a lot of teams in baseball and baseball is really a copycat league. They'll it's kind of, I imagine the rebuild the Astros was met with a lot of ridicule and a lot of doubt as it went along. But once 2015 kind of came along, 2016, and of course 2017, a lot of teams are like, "Oh my gosh, there is something to this." Like they had me at Springer. Yeah, yes, yes, they they had they had us all at Springer. 
But yeah, it's one of those things where a lot of these teams are like like the Atlanta Braves, uh, the Chicago White Sox, uh, a few of these other teams. They they just saw what the Astros did. And they're like, okay, we can legitimately, well, like maybe not the scorch like the complete scorch earth like the Astros did, but a lot of teams saw that. And right now in baseball, there's so many teams thinking alike. I don't really think this free agent market is really anything like a product of, of collusion. I think it's more teams are so into analytics now. They're thinking uh, very alike right now. The front offices, there's differences, but at the same time, too, they're like, we value players generally the same. And a lot of these players, going back to, like, you know, your J.D. Martinez or a few of these others, the agents are uh, the agents are valuing the, their clients high. The teams are not valuing those cl- uh, clients quite as high and that's where you're seeing this mismatch not and the free agents are not getting what they want and the Astros are kind of led to that because they kind of took that approach and saying we're going to get value for what we think is value and uh, that's kind of the whole quandary of this uh, free agent market today and the reason you're seeing a lot of this slow movement and a lot of it can be traced back to you know four or five years ago five six years ago when some of these teams were approaching or changing their approach to how they view value. So, but uh, like I said, I'm talking strokes, and I went on a whole rant before you walked in. You mm-hmm. need to go back and listen. <laughs> to but I, I, I was just like yelling, and you can't be the Astros. And, and Brandon, when I went to him, he's just, uh, he, he was just quiet. Now, yeah. like, are you still there? <laughs> it's like, uh, oh yeah, sorry, I just. But anyway, uh, I just don't know if any team can do what the Astros. No, do. they honestly they cannot. The Astros were such a. Extraordinary circumstances. The team was, from top to bottom, supposedly was not in really good shape the last few years under McLean's watch. The front office was, you know, the the farm system was neglected pretty bad. Like, there was no really infrastructure there to really promote a lot of guys. And that's the reason you saw that scorched earth policy. It just went like, like there's literally nothing here. What's the, And honestly, what is the difference of keeping Hunter Pence and winning 74 games or Trey Hunter Pence and winning 69 games besides a loss of higher draft picks. And and that's, and I'm like you, I don't think, uh, I don't think somebody can completely replicate what the Astros did. It was kind of a one-off situation. I don't think a lot of people are patient enough to get it because that took a lot of convincing and Mm -hmm. they lost a lot of fans, but those fans are back. Oh yeah. Everybody came back. Bandwagon fans are back. Yes. So, but yeah, the, the seasons can be interesting, and uh, I'm excited for the spring training to start. And I, I'm excited at the, the, the just the concept that we could possibly add somebody via free agency. Somebody could basically fall in our lap. Mm-hmm. And do we need anybody? No. Uh, yes, we could use a, le- a lefty reliever, uh, Tony. Unless Tony Sip, uh, we have to understand. I know he's getting kind of old, but he's also in a contract year. Mm-hmm. And so maybe he has a 2015 version of himself. Yeah, it's not completely out of the question. Because sometimes people, I'm not saying it's because of the money, but money motivates people. Let's be yeah. honest here. Money motivates people. I'm looking at, I'm looking at you, Dallas Keiko. <laughs> yeah. So I'm afraid that if anybody we lose, I I think it's for sure Dallas Keiko, and I yeah. think the writing's on the wall. That's why the Garrett Cole trade was made. But mm-hmm. and like uh, I think he said, um, I come out and give my best every day for the Astros, mm-hmm. and so 
yeah, I appreciate everything he's done, but I think that it's pr- the writing's on the wall that Dallas Keuchel is pretty much gone. Yeah, um, I think so too. But hopefully he stays healthy because if he's healthy with Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole, oh my gosh, and then Lance McCullers as your fourth or fifth guy, and then Charlie Morton, mm-hmm. if he can capture his World Series heroics, that's awesome. So, uh, guys, you've been listening to the CTH podcast. We're not. We still got about 60 seconds, so we're not going to really end right away. But I just want to let you know that we will not have a show next, uh, this week on Wednesday. I'll be going uh, out of country uh, for uh, about five days. So um, we'll go ahead and try to broadcast when I get back maybe and just catch up because I'll miss a whole, like, five days of spring training. What's happened? Has there any? Has there been any news? I'm going to keep uh, – I, I did purchase the internet on mm-hmm. the cruise so I can go ahead and uh, – Oh, I was going to post an article while you were gone, why we should trade George Springer. That was going to be fun. Oh, no, no. <laughs> and no trading Jose Altuve. No, I'm not going to do that I crap. I kid, I kid. So anyway, but guys, uh, how can you listen to the uh, CTH podcast? You can just listen every week on the Blog Talk Radio or you can also uh, listen to the iTunes version or just go to the website. And you could just uh, listen. Uh, We'll talk to you next week.